Welcome into Grip Block, Foundation's weekly disc golf podcast. Today we're doing the Des Moines Challenge preview, the True Bank Des Moines Challenge now. Des Moines. Uh, Des Moines. Uh, I'm joined here with Connor, and then we have Hunter um, Remote. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about all the things going on with uh, with Des Moines coming up. We've got back-to-back Pro Tour stops going on, so the excitement just won't stop right now. Always exciting. Was was True Bank not the sponsor last year? They, they might not have been. I can't remember. I don't remember saying I, I feel it. like I this year either. when they said, um, whenever I saw that it was True Bank, maybe it was a sponsor last year, just wasn't in the name. But when I saw True Bank this year, like I, I remember like being like, oh, that's so cool. Like We got a bank sponsor. I feel like that's kind of legit. Well, the question is like, is it is it a local bank? Like, is it a local brand? It probably of is. Or is it, it probably the is. It's like, it's like the Toyota sponsor, but it was like exactly. that guy's dealership. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe not though. Because like, it's been like Toyota, Ford. Back in the day, there was like the Pepsi sponsored like one of the World Championships or something. Yeah, I can. And I'm always like, is this just a local? Like, is this just a local Pepsi branch or local like car dealership? Well, or is this so like, last oh, year sponsored by the Pepsi this. vending machine. Last year, Des Moines was not called the True Bank Des Moines Challenge. That was not the name. Okay, of last so they probably year. didn't then. And then, yeah, this year it's the True Bank Des Moines Challenge. Let me look on their. If I look on their tournament website and go to their partners, that might clue us in a little more on like how, what they're claiming. Des Moines Challenge has the coolest logo. That is a very cool logo. That that logo is so cool. That's very cool. It's like a very uh, um let's geometric see. Yeah, deer head. Uh, it is presented by Discraft. Um. Sponsorship levels. Are we going to get a list of their actual partners? It just says it just says True Bank established eighteen. Like it just has their logo, True Bank. All right. So we're going to go then off the assumption. We're, we're saying that's the that's corporate baby, <laughs> big big boy True Bank. Yeah. For some reason, Hunter, I don't know why, but mm-hmm. this like the Des Moines Challenge is like the most memorable like first grip locked that I was a part of. Like I know it wasn't the first grip lock I was a part of, but like it's the first one that I remember very clearly because I remember us so much saying Des Moines. We did say a lot of Des Moines. Des Moines. So whenever we, we did say, say that quite a bit. We didn't start that though. Who started it? No, Kelsey. Because Kelsey oh, thought that was actually how you pronounce that's it. Oh, right. that's right. I, I knew somebody that. did that. Yeah. yeah. I just remember whenever so whenever Which I, I, saw, I she probably Hopefully she doesn't hear that because she'll absolutely roast me for outing her. <laughs> yeah, as the one who started it. But but whenever I saw it's that Des Moines, now. like whenever I saw last week that Des Moines was on the schedule, I was like, for some reason it had nostalgia to me, grip locked wise. I don't know why. That's crazy. I could like I had to watch coverage to remember this event. Like I had to Same. go watch watch mm, the course to remember it. I cu- it was. <laughs> I it, guess you give it a you funny know maybe nickname. Connor Connor joining. Connor joining Grip Locked was just that unmemorable, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, it's just one of those events. It, it doesn't have a ton of history yet, so, I mean... It, no, I think it, it was new last year. Yeah, I think I think last year was Am the I first wrong? year. It, if it wasn't last year, it was the year before. Like, it, it's not been around for yeah. long. Yeah, I just remember saying Des Moines. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when yeah, Paul... No, I definitely remember... I remember Des Because Paul took it down, and it was kind of like... it was. I remember, like, him winning that as, like, one of the not quite as memorable pro tours but also it is just a pro tour you know so it's all of them are yeah but. well the course this year uh i went back and watched it as i was saying there there's not too many changes but like so optics wise if you're not comparing it directly to last year i don't think you'll notice any of the changes from what i saw uh, okay um because it seems like mainly there was like a small ones where like the green got moved or the t got moved to where mm. like the whole distance didn't line up but i was watching the flyover and then i had the caddy book pulled up yeah and they're the same holes it was just like the caddy book this year says like a little farther a little shorter oh and the flyover said last year okay so like obviously something changed but 
the essence of the whole was the same. Like they may have um, even just reshot the distances <laughs> potentially. Potentially, I'm I'm gonna give them a little more than that. I'm gonna <laughs> okay. say that something changed because okay. it, it was only a few holes. It was like three or four holes. And Brody in his practice round intro, he did say like there's a few minor changes out here. Okay, mm. so I'll give it. I'm sure that, that they moved the green or something. Um, something happened. But it's a pretty pretty sick looking course. Uh, it's yeah. got a good balance of challenges. It also the thing that's unique about it, at least when I was looking through to me, is it it seems to have a few more like true muskets or at least feel like musket birdies mm-hmm. than other courses. I agree with that. Because there's several that are like sub three hundo par threes. Yeah. It, I, I think there's like two or three of them. Well, coming off of like last week especially, that is very foreign to the players. Yeah. Now, I mean, most of them have like gaps or like ones that big island that's like built up and has yeah. like mulch in it and stuff. I remember that hole. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's several just like super sick holes. I mean, uh, for some reason too, hole five is like the iconic across the water hole mm-hmm. um, that like Brody just posted during his zone across. Uh, was it Joel Freeman? Eight? No, someone aced last year. Yeah, I can't remember who that was. Because that was the foundation hole last year where we donated to charity for the ace. Yep, yep. Um, for some reason, I thought that was towards the end of the course, but it's hole five. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I was, yeah, al- I think I was the, also... It's towards that the beginning. Okay. Because huh. I would have guessed hole like 14, but yeah, I was it was thinking. a good refresher to look at. Um, but it seems kind of like a Jonesboro or Waco style course yeah. from the outside looking in yeah. i don't know if that's fair no that that makes sense to me that's how, that's how i would p- paint it as well yeah not not a ton of woods but definitely enough challenge because there is some decent ob and stuff like that um i don't i think last year the hot round was like 13 by calvin in that final round to push him into second place mm-hmm. um and it looks like scoring is going to basically be the same but I think why Des Moines is so important this year is it's the final Elite Series event before Worlds and the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I was it's just... like, this is it. Yeah, because then will will players earn points during Worlds? For, yes. Okay, they More will. More points. They will still earn points. Okay, yeah. so this isn't quite the last opportunity, but it's getting it's there. It's not quite the last, it's there. but it's... Yeah, it's the last, like pro tour it's the last pro tour chance because there's a silver series after worlds which i hate that first off i don't yeah. understand the reason why would they make the last chance the, to qualify a silver series that's uh, that's yeah and it's, it's like the it's not it's not the pittsburgh flying disc open but i think it's an event that replaced it that's and i'm like yeah i, don't, I know it's very dumb about. to me i think that's the one that's a usdc qualifier as well probably probably yeah because yeah, like i thought in my head when we go in, went to the season worlds was was the end of the regular season like it was regular season build up worlds playoffs right but it's yeah. like regular season build up worlds oop silver series playoffs yeah yeah i i they, they haven't i the silver series like i think that they just don't really have a lot of thought to where they put them on the schedule they kind of just throw them in wherever they think they have time and i think that will it'll probably as silver series well, I should say, if Silver Series become less important as time moves on, like they become more of like the breaking ground, the like the you know get your hands dirty kind of tour, like starting out tour mm-hmm. sort of deal, then we won't really care where they are where they're placed because it won't be. No, super, but right now, be a different thing. But right now, Silver Series are like a baby tour event. Like they're practically some some of them really just feel like normal events. 
So it is weird yeah. to to throw one in there like that. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, trying to see what uh, who all's registered for this Silver Series. I mean, like Ricky's going allegedly. This is just registered. Like Ricky, Kev, Kevin Jones, Corey Ellis. Like it's not going to be a full field by any means. Yeah. You know. Um, but the the majority of the people towards the bottom of the field are registered for it, which makes sense. Because I mean, like we said, right. we're, we're in crunch time now, so like, it's time to get your points together. Yeah, I yeah, I was just mentioning last week some of the names that haven't qualified. You know, what's funny is uh, <laughs> I said I mentioned like I was giving like a list last week of like names that still hadn't qualified for USDGC, like that were like kind of notable, and like one of the ones that I mentioned was Yuli, <laughs> and like some Yuli fan came out of the woodwork in the comment section was like. He's like, dude, that's just like, why would you even throw Yuli into the into that conversation? Like, you know, he's still got plenty of time. Like, he's definitely going to qualify. I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he I is. I don't know. <laughs> it's surprising to me. He he's hasn't in my qualified. top three this week, actually. Well, the problem, like, Yuli has are not. You, wait, Connor, are you serious? No, I'm not. I'm not serious. He's oh, not. Gosh, I was going to say, dude, I'm. Trevor's about to make a comeback. <laughs> no, he was hurt for a good part of the year, and then like he just hasn't had. Like, you have to finish pretty darn high to get a USDGC spot. Because think about the season that Brody had, for example, where he has had multiple solid finishes. A, you have to have those finishes on the right events because for some reason, they just pick and choose around them. Uh, well, the yeah. reason we know. And B, um, like you have to have really high up finishes. Like you can't, like if you're Yuli and like you just grab a top 20, that's probably not good enough until maybe the very end of the season. So, it, well, I mean, as of right now, Actually, yeah, this is it's it's over. Yuli will not be at the tour championship either. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm mm. saying. So like that, that, I was just trying to bring up that point, and somebody was like, "Man, what are you talking about? Paul Yulbar will his definitely best qualify. finish this year. So <laughs> his best finish this year is thirtieth at Ledgestone last weekend. Yeah, that's, so like that that at any event won't be good enough. So like that's no that is that's the thing no. I was just saying, and I, I was just bringing up that point last week because I was like, there are just. Like um, another one was Marweed hadn't qualified, you know, a guy that like we were going to we were considering going into this year for sure a top 20 player. Um, so it's just interesting yeah. how much harder that's getting. He's had a little bit of a rough year. Yeah, I mean, he, he this last year, I think Marweed was a, was a I'll call him like a Missy Gannon type player. Yeah, where he came into form last year towards the end of the year. And he like burned himself into your memory, and you forget that like he struggled at the beginning of the year last year too. I won't well, say. Well, Missy only came out of worse this year. Missy Gannon only came out of the top five once this year, though. She didn't struggle at the beginning of this year. She just didn't win. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, like into last year, Missy Gannon burned herself into our memory. Oh, right. Because yeah. of her finish. Yeah. Andrew Marweed, he had like that Idlewild, and then he played pretty solid after Idlewild. To where going into this year, like when DGA picked him up, that felt like a pretty big signing. Yeah, yeah, no, but you're like, you're right. I I think that um, he definitely probably set some like you know he had some probably high expectations for him this year. I, I'd be curious to know like where like if he just put a lot of pressure on himself this year or what because he's a solid player. Like I, I don't know why he hasn't been playing well this year. Yeah, well, with that being said, I mean he is the the bubble right now for. Uh, getting into the pro tour championship he's 36 which is the last player qualified for the play-in um and chandler kramer's the next one out three points mm. behind him yeah 
So it'll be interesting. Chandler Kramer has three events to get into the play-in event. Um, and what's going to be really funny is Eagle McMahon's going to qualify for the Pro Tour Championship with like three events. Yeah, well, that's that's just how good he Four is. Four events <laughs> when it's all said and done. He's yeah. going to have Worlds, European Open, and then a pretty bad finish at Champions Cup, and then a bad finish at Las Vegas Challenge. I was just assuming that he all he has to do is finish pretty decent at Worlds. Well, right now with those three events, he's fifteen points shot, fifteen points clear of miss. How? What am I trying to say? He's fifteen points in the yeah. play-in event. So he just needs a, like he he's got to drop fifteen points to Chandler Kramer. Yeah. So you would think like a top thirty is probably all he needs at Worlds. Mm. Yeah. If he plays solid at Worlds, which he obviously has a chance to win Worlds. Yeah. Uh, he probably isn't going to have to do the play-in event. He'll probably like straight up qualify. Because, like, first at a major gets you 150 points. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that obviously, that's that was huge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad because, like, I, I want to see him in the Tour Championship. No, so. Eagle, Eagle's got to be at the Tour Championship. I wonder if he'll even I mean, play it, though. Probably. That, that is a good question. With that much money on the line, I don't know. I don't know if you get a Tour Championship invite and just turn it down for even if you're, like, a little bit hurt because, like... You know, if it's like I don't know what the purse is going to be this year, but if last year thirty grand, like you don't, you yeah, don't just yeah. like you don't just like eh, I don't I don't think I'll do that one. Especially when <laughs> the only can thing win. is like the, yeah. the a player like Eagle, like if he doesn't if if the money's not the motivator, the title of the Tour Championship doesn't have the the historic prestige. If that makes sense, yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, I mean, it's it's for sure a money. It event. still has a pretty prestigious of title. Like we, Brody brought up a good point of like. It's not there yet to where, like, Nathan Queen winning it last year, he didn't lose his mind because he won the tour championship. He lost his mind because he won 30 grand. Right. And it's like for an event where the title doesn't hold prestige yet, the money is what gives it that prestige. And then, yeah. you know, two, three years from now, I mean, the tour championship title, just the name in it of itself makes it feel important. Yeah. Well, and, and the money, you know, even on the PGA tour, like when they have the FedEx Cup playoffs, yeah, winning the FedEx Cup outright prestige wise that is a big deal because that is very hard to win however Mm -hmm. you also cash out 10 million dollars um to the win yeah (laughs) so even to those multi-millionaires 10 million dollars is no joke so no like the money with that kind of event and just like if you're comparing it to golf there always is a money motivator there and i think it is i'm okay with an event like that being um a money like I'm, I'm okay with having an event like that once a year that like the money is the big deal like it is just a huge mm-hmm. money grab like that's just kind of a fun thing because it's so fun to see a player's life get changed by the amount of money they can mm-hmm. cash out uh, I would like to see them change the format to like the head start situation so I don't I mean I I don't think the seedings I, I it's I think they put on an entertaining event regardless like I think the current format makes for very entertaining golf but yeah, is it the fairest to the high seed? Definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely be interesting though, seeding wise, to watch these next few weeks. Obviously, the the playoff events you'll still gain points. Yeah. So, they have Des Moines Pro Worlds Silver Series. Then we go into the playoffs, GMC MVP Tour Championship. Um, so really, the points won't really start mattering until we get to GMC because then it depends. Will you even make it to MVP for a chance to earn points? Yeah, um, yeah. But like right now, the players in MPO that are kind of on the bubble to start watching, 
Um, they won't. You have Andrew Presnell, Casey White, Andrew Marweed. They're all inside the cut. Um, right outside the cut is Chandler Kramer, Connor O'Reilly, Lori Lettinen, Nicholas Antla, Vino Makala, and then Nate Sexton is oh, only wow. registered for Pro Worlds right now. That but he enough. is 20 points shy. So it will be very. Ideally. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying it would be very Jeez. interesting to see um, if, like, the story. I obviously, like, getting cut going to MVP shouldn't be a huge factor for the bubble guys because you got all you got to do is be in the top 70. Um, yeah. Or no, I guess because it's, it's going by points total. It's not finishing place. So disregard that point. I forgot it. It's just carryover points. So really, points. So yeah, that's, yeah. that so is the like, one thing. That is the one thing about the playoff events. Like they don't, they're not going to feel, even though I, I think it's cool that they're doing like the cut downfield, it's really not going to change the way the event looks because the top 70 guys are the only ones you're really paying attention to anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, guys aren't winning outside. Well, what's going to be interesting is like, will... Because like GMC, I think is like the top hundred or somewhere in that range. Yeah, I don't know with the current tour field if the top hundred's even showing up. Right. Yeah. That's that is a good point. I I want to see them take. I want to see them add in another playoff event next year. I would like them to see them go from like a hundred to seventy to fifty to thirty for the tour championship. Like really get narrow it down because I I'd like to see that final event. Um, really feel more exclusive. And I love the fact that like MVP, a tournament that everybody wants to play in, now you kind of have to earn it to get there. Like I, I do love that. No, I, th- I love that too. I think it adds a competitive edge. So I think if you if you just scooted in Des Moines to the playoffs and then you just you went 170-50 at MVP Open and like now MVP Open becomes even more hallowed grounds because you got to be in the top mm-hmm. 50 to even get there. Uh, that would be, I mean, players would be outraged, but I don't really care. It would be electric. <laughs> yeah. Well, MVP, I think, is really... I wanted to talk about the points a little bit going to Des Moines because it is like the the last regular season Pro Tour event. Um, but you're right. Points aren't really going to matter until we get to MVP. Yeah. MVP, that event, the cut line is going to be electric for MPO oh, and FPO because you're just going to be yeah. watching it like, hey, if Chandler Kramer's got to finish in the top 20 and Andrew Marweed's got to you know, finish 50th for him to have a chance or, or however it yeah, shakes up because I, it also is going to be important. The cut line of a getting into the play in event, but then the secondary cut line of getting out of the play in event into just the event in general. So you don't have to earn your spot. Yeah. So like right now, like Chandler Fry versus Emerson Keith is that cut line of players versus play in to actually end the event. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it's definitely going to be, it's going to make MVP much more exciting all the way down the leaderboard versus just, you know, who wins mattering. Yeah, I really hope for the broadcast and, you know, maybe the Pro Tour listens to me because they sure did use way too many drone shots and people were coming after <laughs> me for that, um, even though I said they shouldn't. But if they are listening, what they really need to do for the broadcast for MVP Open is have somebody whose job it literally is to be whipping up live scenarios as far as cut line goes. Cause like just having the UDIS cut line, just the cut line is fine, but it's really cool uh, when they have the FedEx cup point situation. Like I want to see 
okay, two names pop up for Andrew Marweed to get in. He he needs this player to finish here, and I want to see like that continue flashing on the screen throughout the event as the narrative changes, and that that's what like really paints the stories. And especially as players yeah. finish their rounds, and you're like, okay, now that these players have finished here, this player needs to gain this many strokes if mm-hmm. they want to get in. Like that that'll add to that broadcast and really give it a feel of like the final playoff event. So I hope that they do some stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, realistically, realistically, they just they've partnered with like Stat Mando and stuff like that yeah. before. Just give one of them that's your job, and then it's like right, just have them feed the, it to them. The kickback is you're you're gonna get the publicity of like this is all provided by Stat Mando. Yeah, and then the Pro Tour doesn't even have to like find someone to do all of it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so U Disc like or U Disc. I'm looking at it on U Disc the Pro Tour mm-hmm. points again. I wanted to bring it up because it's the final thing, um, but. The story's not really written yet. It's definitely like starting to get more and more interesting. Drops are starting to happen. People are starting to move up and down. But it's really going to start getting interesting when we hit GMC, Maple Hill, and then obviously the, the Tour Championship. Um, what's interesting about it too is USDGC isn't going to have points because yeah, it's not. It, where it falls in the in the year. Yep. I don't really know how I feel about it, but it is interesting. Well. I mean, is that because it's because it's after the last playoff event? Is what you're saying? I believe it's after the last yeah. playoff event before the tour championship. I, but I even if it was just in the playoffs, it's not a part of the pro tours playoff schedule. Right. So like, I don't, I don't, there's hate, no points given. I don't hate that because I think that the USDGC already obviously has enough prestige and storyline going on with what it is. So I don't, I, I like that. MVP Open, which already had prestige because of the event, but now it gets an extra storyline and being the final playoff yeah. event. So now it's like we get two events back to back for one, you know, as far as both of them now have like a lot of importance on them. I mean, this stretch we're about to go into is pretty nuts because usually we've hit worlds way back, but now. Yeah. You know, we've got Des Moines, and then we're going to have a world championship. We're going to have two playoff events and a USDC, and then a tour championship. Like this stretch of. And a Silver Series, dude. Yeah. Oh, don't forget the Silver Series and the Silver Series <laughs> after. Yeah. After the tour championship. Yeah. Uh, but this stretch of golf is just going to be incredible to watch. Like every event is going to be so entertaining and mean a lot. So. Yeah, I'm I'm just pumped <laughs> right now. It's electric. It's yeah. a great time of year. But back to Des Moines. Uh, one thing that was like a big storyline last year that is still kind of a lot of people are talking about is the gallery out here. Um, yeah, people, it's like one of the reasons that I've heard several different pros talk about how why they loved this event last year. Not necessarily the size, but like the volume level. And I think Brody said the um, they were like disc golf smart. Mm. So like I guess he, I don't know what he fully means by that, but I'm guessing he means like they cheered louder for shots that were actually good and oh yeah when the shot was mm-hmm. bad it wasn't like awkward claps i think or something yeah i think that but, i remember hearing that this is one of the louder uh galleries yeah. last year i do remember that that was definitely that's definitely the big thing is it they're they're rowdy is is how people put it they should um, just put on an which event is in charleston I mean. if they want rowdy yeah yeah honestly honestly <laughs> people people in the, the comments are, are starting to put two and two together that it was the same guy at the different battles and stuff. I'll tell you what, you but, put an um, event down there funny. with like 10 people in the gallery. It'll be the loudest one you ever heard. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm stoked for this weekend. Um, another thing that I think just kind of adds to the storyline going into this is obviously Paul won last year. Mm-hmm. It's a course that suits his style. And Ulti World just published an article 
noting that this is Paul's long, longest losing streak, quote unquote, of his career at 12 events. Wow. So they kind of poked the bear a little bit leading into leading into Des Moines and Worlds. And he threw a strike at the White Sox games too. Absolute dark. He did. That was. And he did the shimmy. I mean, I would. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. You know, Ricky was like, "Yeah, low left strike." Now Paul's was Paul's Paul's was right right on the the middle. That was impressive. Paul's was a piss missile. I would also like to say that I was tagged in that video of um, Hannum and him throwing on the radar gun. And I think that that was a fascinating thing because, like, I was trying to explain. Uh, I was explaining in the when people were asking, like, if if throwing a baseball speed wise would be linked to disc golf wise, and I think that video proves that it is not because I could probably get. With, I disagree. No, because Paul threw eighty two with a gather. I could probably get seventy eight, seventy nine with a gather, and that man outthrows me by like. I was comparing, feet. but I was comparing Hanum's forehand to Paul's forehand. Paul's forehand could go f- 200 feet further than mine, and I and I could get very no, close but I'm saying Austin Hannum. Yeah, no. Well, if I you mean, look at Austin Hannum compared to Paul, Hannum has a bigger forehand, and he was throwing like faster than Paul's. I'm just saying, uh, it, but I'm just saying it can't. It's not always the rule though, because I would throw no. similar speed to Paul with a baseball. It looked it would like. just be the technique separate. That separation. yeah, but now and but yeah, Hannum. Ham's an athlete. That was that was impressive. <laughs> that was very impressive. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was looking at it, and when you brought that up, I was like, "Yeah, it definitely does." Because Austin Hanum, like his forehand, is obviously massive, and you see it right there. Like Paul, Paul got one over eighty, but Hanum was like pushing ninety, wasn't he? I'm, he I think he hit ninety. I think what I'm mostly saying is yeah. I'm a fluke, but that was all. <laughs> well, I think it's just I think once you have you technique, yeah. then it matters. Yeah, no, my. You I, have the arm to throw farther. You just have just to figure something else out. Man. Just need the technique. Yeah, it, I mean, th- you're in a great spot, dude. Like you yeah. always tell people, you're in a, you're in the perfect I'm spot. In the perfect spot. Fast as far, smooth as slow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I think this Macbeth losing streak thing. I think it speaks to two things. It speaks to how good the field's gotten. Obviously, I think that's the op- the most obvious one. Yeah. Uh, but it also speaks to pretty how insanely good of a career Paul's had to have twelve. 12 losses in a row be like a big losing streak well, in golf. And, and the other thing is I'd like I'd be curious to know how many times in his career he's even gotten close to this. Like like it's not even the, like uh, it's not even it like he usually goes up. 8 at a time before winning. Like he, yeah. he probably has only had streaks of more than like 7 or 8 events maybe a few times ever. Like this is yeah. not so it goes 2017 was his previous longest at 11 from September to March of 2018. So that kind of went over the off season and okay. into the next season. Then his other one that was at eleven was back in two thousand nine, which was like one of his first years as a pro. Yeah, um, not often. Then his other one at ten was in twenty twelve, which was the end of the year from September to December. So I don't know what events was going on during yeah. that. And then his next one down is eight, and that was in two thousand eight. So wow. realistically, so in really the modern current yeah. era once yeah it was 11 in 2017 which was his that was his back injury right yeah i think so so typically he doesn't so lose more than like seven in a row like ever yeah yeah that's, that's a safe thing to say that's crazy yeah so but i mean, I mean he wasn't you dealing know with young Pulse. guys like gannon burr before it's true exactly uh well that's what i was i was explaining it to someone um i forget who it was i feel like it was a non-disc golfer that was just asking me um but i was explaining it to him and how I explained it was previous years, even up to like last year, if Ricky or Paul played basically as good as they could, 
no one could touch them, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. There was no one in the world that could play at that level. Now, if they play literally as good as they could, I think that's still true. But if they play as good as like previous years was like no one's touching us, there's now like 15 guys that if, might have a just insane weekend yeah, and do the same more. thing. I mean, it's it's insane. So I, like, yeah. So because before it was like Eagle might be able to do it. Like there's like a few players that like if they popped off, they could do it. Yeah. Now it's that few players has extended to like the top 20 yeah and so now it's just like weekend and week out someone's going to right so it requires your actual best every weekend versus before you could slip up a little bit and as long as you still beat rick paul is going to win i i am i think we are officially at the place and it happened quicker than i even expected it to but we are officially at the place in disc golf now where a one win season is an is a great season a two-win season yeah, yeah. is an incredible season, and anything more than two wins... Rick's got three, right? Yeah, I would say anything more than two wins is, like, very special season. Mm. Like, that's just kind of where we're at now Bo- with disc golf. Three wins is borderline dominant. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's that's just how it is. Yeah. Like, if you go in there and you get a win, like, there you had yourself a season. Like, you, went, you won a pro tour. Like, that is very hard to do right now. Yeah, I think... I mean, it, it's hard to look at it and not think that Paul's contract is what pushed us here. Oh, with the uh you're talking about the parity in the field. 10 year 10 mil. Yeah. yeah, I think once people see that type of money, it just like it does change things. I I don't know. I could be wrong, but like timing-wise and we talked about it before, money speaks. Yeah. And like yeah. seeing hey, if I'm dominant, I can now Ricky and Paul, I can make a million a year regardless of how i throw on the course like yeah. a guaranteed million a year i mean it's no no shocker that we have people coming out the woodwork and we're like holy frick that guy can play huh yeah and it's like well it, because previously it was a big risk to quit your day job if you were that good at disc golf because it's like man i don't know it's all the stars got to align now it's like hey i can probably if i have a solid season it's not unreasonable for me to get a six-figure contract. Yeah. Well, and the, like, the top guys are getting seven figures. Right. And the crazy thing is, too, with the COVID boom, I have already met so many people that are like near a thousand rated who started playing in 2020. Give it five years and wait for all those teenagers who started taking it seriously around then and just wait and see what happens. Like, yeah. it's going to, it's just going to yeah. keep doubling like every year. Just like all these players are going to start pouring in mm-hmm. that just now have gotten into the sport. Cause already, I mean, there's so many guys that really didn't start playing pro until later in their career or till just recently and are already out there on tour. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Well, that's where we need the, the tour cards got to happen fast. And I think it is happening fast. I think the pro tour is aware of it. Um, but like pretty soon you're going to have way more qualified players yeah. skill wise than you have spots and it's going to be crucial for them to have a way to earn those spots and i also think not to talk about the nico thing again but i think that's the separator of um of where you can actually find players and treat professionals different than hobbyists which i think is crucial for suspensions and all of that stuff yeah i'll be so, i'll be curious to see what they do with the tour card if ooh. they how they do it someone brought up a very great point okay that i just want to i just want to throw out there okay um i this is why it's called grip lock because we go off on so many different tangents that <laughs> never talk about what we mean to someone brought up a great point like fine wise because we were saying of like finding a player is so drastically different depending on the player what do you do 
They said what you could do oh, is the Pro Tour could do based on the previous six month caching. Yeah, mm. upper whatever a percentage of that. I so heard, then it it changes based on the player. I did hear that. I heard I heard people a lot of people throwing out the percentage. I like that. Good thing. Idea. I do like that. That is, I like that. That is a good idea. I think idea. that's a good way to do it right now. So then you would, you basically just adjust then the if you're percentage that, like, never on caches, how harsh it is. Yeah, so based on the, uh, what, what's it called? Infracture? Is that the word I'm looking for? Infraction. The infraction. Sure. Based on that, um, based on how severe that is, it would change how severe the percentage it is. That but that sense. way you'd never have to worry of like, oh, we're finding this guy 300 bucks and he's a millionaire to slap on the wrist and then oh shoot we're finding this guy 300 bucks and like if he didn't cash at this pro tour event he couldn't afford the next one yeah so like now you have like a little <laughs> bit of a understanding of where people are at just imagine how embarrassing it would be though to like how funny it would be i guess to say to, to like you just haven't cashed well at all and like you get a fine for like three dollars because you've only <laughs> cashed like once like they actually like, yeah right it, out of fine it might be It'd probably be like a fine maybe plus a, a like maybe there's a minimum event or two suspension maybe there's like or a, something maybe or maybe you put a minimum in of yeah. like a hundred bucks yeah because I think a hundred bucks is fair where like depending on the infraction of course uh a hundred bucks is fair to where people can figure it out like yeah if you need to drive a little bit more for DoorDash or something like you people can, can figure bucks. out a hundred bucks yeah people can't figure out five grand or something right. like that but five grand's like what you would need to charge someone like Paul or Ricky to make it like make sense. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was fascinating. But last year, Des Moines back to where we were, uh, it wasn't super well attended on the MPO side, but that's not the case this year. And last year on the FPO side, they only got two rounds in because of weather. Mm. So looking at last year's event doesn't really give us the full story on anything. It's, yeah. Um, but for FPO, if what I've said previously is correct, and it does play like Jonesboro, Idlewild, Waco, et cetera, those type of courses, those are all the ones that have given Paige the most trouble this year. It's true. So it'll be very interesting to see how she comes out the gates this weekend. Because last year, she did okay last going into year. the second round, she was tied for the lead and then dropped off and lost to Missy Gannon, obviously. Yeah. Um, but again, that was only two rounds. So it's mm-hmm. like, would she have done something in the third round? We'll never know. Would she have fallen even farther off in the third round? We'll never know. Um, but this is also Missy Gannon's like breakout win last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now she has the like she's defending her title and riding the momentum from Ledgestone. So it'll be interesting to see like is that too much pressure or is she going to be yeah. just fine? Yep. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Uh, that's pretty much all I had for actual like event coverage stuff um do we want to get into the predictions or is there any storylines y'all have that i've missed yeah no i mean i i was what i saw there there's not a ton for this event just because it doesn't have a lot of history yet so there yeah. and, and last year like you mentioned it was cut short for fpo wasn't fully attended by mpo so now i think i think we're just gonna kind of have to go into this one with not a ton of expectations and just see what happens yeah it should be a fun event the course looks great uh having a full field out there should be great um, a lot of the players showing up that weren't there last year. I think the course will suit them well. So very excited for it to start tomorrow. Um, but going into the predictions points-wise, just a reminder of the standings, I'm in the lead at 108 points. Connor's in second at 74 points. And Trevor's in third at 60 points. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Connor, start us off with your was, MPO predictions. I was, uh, I'm excited about this prediction. I feel like I've, I've hit it on the dot. I went with my gut okay. this week because last week... Heck yeah. I, my gut was correct, but my heart was wrong. 
And so this week, I'm ignoring my heart. It's like the uh, Mumford and Sons song, right? Yeah. Yep. My head tell my heart. Weep little yeah, lion, well, man. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got this week in third place, Gannon Burr. Second place, Ricky Wysocki. And first place, Paul Macbeth. Because Ooh. I think I think that Paul thrives in the heat. And he's never had a fire like right now. And um, mm. again, longest streak of losing. Um, and then also... Without getting into it, there's a lot of drama revolving around him right now, and I think that that there fuels is. him. I think that that's okay. going to. I think that's like going to give him want to give him more bragging rights, and he's going to take that opportunity. I like it. I like it. Trevor. Um, I'm gonna. I've got a bit of a different spin. I'm gonna take Paul okay. in third. Um, okay. He just seems like a second and third guy this year to me. That's fine. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with Hater. Ricky in second. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like where he's been. I'm going to go with Ricky. No, I get it, dude. I get it. You hate him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please don't. I've already been attacked <laughs> enough. I'm going to go with Ricky. And say s- he sucks. Say No, it. he doesn't. Yeah, come on, Trevor. He doesn't suck. Say, hey, say what you were saying before we recorded. <laughs> that is such sabotage. That is, that's messed up. He I mean, it's already, it's too late now. Before recorded. No, I'm it's too late. say anything. It was a joke. It's too late. He's I'm already, I can hear my phone lighted. Uh, Ricky in second, and then I've got Calvin Heimberg taking it down. Okay, I like that. Sometimes I kind of forget. That I think about we Calvin. picked the same. Did you? Did we? You really? Calvin, Rick, Paul. Yeah. Let me look at mine. I'm okay with I'm us picking the same. I'm just okay, not okay with me and Connor picking the same. Yeah, well, I p- we picked the exact same. Okay. I went Calvin, Rick, Paul. Great minds. I knew. I, I was actually feel. I'm good. I feel good about there. that. If, I, if you and I are picking the same, but Connor isn't, although that's what used to happen when Connor was beating us, so maybe that's not good. That was true. Well, Calvin shredded days? the final round last year, popped up. Yeah. So I feel like, and Calvin's been having a very good season this year. So I feel like, yeah, sure he could win. Ricky, obviously, he's won three times. This course suits him. Will suit him just fine. Mm-hmm. Every course suits Ricky fine. And Paul, I was, I was, I. I feel like I can't not have him in the top three for this event because, yeah. like Connor said, there's a lot of factors that would point that he should play well here. So I don't want to be an idiot not having my top three. Yeah. So I feel like those three guys, that's like the safe top three. I feel yep. like surely at least one, if not all three, are going to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just roll along with my FPO okay. while I have it pulled up. Um, I've got Paige Pierce coming in third, mainly because I, I don't think she's going to win, but I'm not confident enough in that to take her outside my top three, Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I have Haley King in second, mainly Very because I think she could win here. Very interesting. Uh, I think this course would suit her well, um, but I'm not confident enough to make her my winner because Kristen Tatar, I think, will win. There you go. I like that's it. Kristen yeah, so Haley Page. I think those are good picks. Um I've got Page in third also. Um I have All right. Kristen in second and I'm going to pick Missy Ooh. Gannon to win. Back. You think Missy Gannon's going back to back? Back to back. Here's a here's a stat for you. Love it. Here's a stat for you. Can't wait. Last year, All right. last season from uh-huh. the beginning of the season up to all the beginning of August, she average finish was around 8th eight, 8th place. From that point on, average finish, third place. This time of year, this is this is the Missy Gannon time, and she already kicked it off with a win last week. She won this event last year. I'm very confident that she'll come top three, but I'm just going to go for it because I'm trying to gain points. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Only reason I didn't put Missy in the top three was I don't know how she'll react 
defending a title plus coming off a massive win. Just asked her yesterday. She's not worried. Just by the <laughs> well, and if no you want to hear, say if, they're worried. If you want to hear more about this, you can watch the, my show tonight at seven o'clock. Please, thank you. But spoiler alert: and next week you'll actually worried. have. Uh, <laughs> Next week, Trevor will actually have me on the show. Um, so that'll be actually not true. super exciting. Next week, I have a best selling you, you're like show. That You'll like it, Hunter. It was actually really fun whenever we recorded best selling me on there yesterday. A best selling author. Yeah. Best selling author. I haven't written anything. <laughs> <laughs> your mem- you your personal me memoirs. Did you get that title, dude? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Connor, what do you got? My FPO picks. Um, I also put Paige in third. Same exact okay. reasoning, Hunter, because I feel like I'd be a yep. crazy person to try to believe in my heart that she's going to win whenever she's let me down. and But also, I, I'm too scared to t- take her out of the top three. Um, your head tells your heart this time no, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My head isn't usually a factor. It's just between my gut and my heart. <laughs> yeah, um, I gotcha. So, page third, I've got Val in second, Valerie Manhana. I like that. Um, I like that. And then in first place, I also have Kristen Tatar. And that's all I was going to say. I think I, I strayed from my normal FPO picks this week and I feel good about them. I feel good about my picks in general. So what this means basically, here's, you, the deal. It, here's what this means is that Katrina Allen is going to win this week for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I did not uh, put her in I, my top three. I was about to pick Owen Scoggins to win and she wasn't, hmm. she's not there. Oh, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why. Huh. I don't know why. I just had this gut feeling. I was like, Owen's going to win. And I started to type it. I was like, let me make sure she's there. So it's not like, <laughs> Save yourself I, was there. it AB mm. I picked to win yeah. that one time? Yeah. And he wasn't there? Yeah. So I was like, let me just you double better check. Not like, use oh, your there gut it is. On the, you better not use your gut on the rest of the picks because your gut's steering you wrong right now, apparently. Yeah. Well, I used my gut on my dark horse pick. But Connor, who's your dark horse pick? My dark horse pick is Connor O'Reilly because I like he it. is 51st ranked in the world. But more importantly, we just got his tour series faiths in and okay. i think that the font is cool <laughs> i <laughs> that is how you pick right there that's how you that's pick. how you pick it's got that's a, textbook. There's nothing wrong with that he's got four leaf clover in there Irish. Um, i i for my dark horse pick have raven but Moose. you don't believe in luck connor i didn't say it. Oh, i just true. think that four leaf clovers are cool contradictory <laughs> i've got raven okay. newsom for my pick um another solid pick he came in fourth last year at des moines like that's a very high finish. He did. Um, uh, he has not been playing super well this year, but I feel like if there's an event, he's been injured. For him to do well, he has. Um, but if if there's an event for him to do well at, it would be this one. He's got the the good vibes from last year, so we'll give it a shot. Yeah, that's a great pick. I picked the hot hand, uh, Mister Swagger himself, Randon Lotta. <laughs> Mister Swagger, he's been on fire this year, y'all. I, th- I think I surprised y'all with that pick. Let me just read you his finishes recently. I'm, nothing can surprise me at this point. <laughs> I, nothing went through my head at all whenever I read <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> no, like when I when I when I texted last night and said it, like no one responded. I was like, they don't know how good of a pick this is. Yeah, I don't. No. He's right. I, I do not know how good. I of a was pick like it is. falling asleep, and that put me asleep. So, <laughs> the heck, just got a phone call. Uh, can y'all still hear me? Yeah. yeah. Decline. <laughs> Oh my gosh, can y'all hear the, me now? Yeah, yeah that was the president, you. dude. Yeah, I don't know what the frick just happened. Uh, I could like, Everything went blank. My Spotify started playing. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we still hear um, you just fine. Okay, so he's went back to D-Glow. He's went 15th at D-Glow, 23rd Mid-America, 8th at Ledgestone. Whoa. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a hot streak if I've ever heard of one. I can barely... And he's 56 even, in the world. He's... Every, 
oh my gosh, man, I'm burning up right now. He's up 36 spots to 56 in the world. That I mean, is, I think I think this might be the last week. This is probably the last week anyone can pick him as their dark horse pick. Yeah, he's gonna win. Hunter, you're because right. He's, he's gonna come in pick. like top five. Did we ever agree? He's gonna come we, like top five. Did we ever agree on what happens if somebody's dark horse pick wins? Isn't it 10 points? Didn't we say that? I don't remember. With that. I don't if we, we didn't ever, agree on it, let's I agree on it now. Jokingly, it. I think we've jokingly been like, yeah, but what if this happens? I think we, we should. I think we should agree now, though, if we hadn't already, that it's 10 points. If that All happens. Right. 10 be, points? I, I think that's fair. Come on, Connor. Actually, it's probably not fair. It's probably so unlikely it should be like 15. It, yeah, 15. I think I it should be 15. I got 15 for the Austin Hannum. Okay, 15. I got 15 for that Austin Hannum pick. I think we go 15. 15. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think 15. That's that's like life-changing points I randomly... I was on Reddit... Uh, just like scrolling through Reddit, looking for different topics for grip locks and stuff. That's yeah, dangerous. And I realized I had an unread message um, on Reddit for the foundation account. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh shoot, what the heck's this?" And I clicked on it, and it was from April, and it was a guy who went out of his way to message me to say that that Austin Hannum bet's so stupid, no chance he comes top fifteen. That he hasn't done that hilarious. in so long. Did you respond like, to That's it? That's incredible. No, I she didn't. Did, she didn't. I didn't. Like, I was like, aged well. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna respond to that. It's been too long, but I thought it was so funny that like he went out of his way to message me to tell me I was an idiot, and then it happened. So and I got 15 points. I love that hate mail is so. Funny. That's why the bet was so good, though. It was, was because a, yeah. no it was one expected it to happen. It was inspired. You do things. We'll like never. That, we'll right? always have that moment. We will you always do have things. that moment. We'll always and have that moment. Then things like this happens where Trevor has to put with a steady for the whole year. Yeah, that was the other. Yeah. How much longer one. you got of that, hmm? Trevor? I only have um. Till the end of the year, so it's I mean, what is it? It's like mid-August, so just a, just like four months, four months, not quite three and a half months. I um, I don't know if anybody from DGA is listening. The only I will I will keep putting with the steady, but you have to give me a signature one. But other than that's that, that's funny. Other than that, I'm out. That's my ultimatum to them, and I'll give it to them again more publicly. But if they give me that's a signature, ultimatum. if they give me a signature steady, I'll putt for at least another year with them. But if they don't, I'm out of there. See you later. Judges, back in the bag. All right. Uh, no, I thought you were going to do a Twitter poll to decide. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm going to poll cat. No, I think I'm going to do it like an election. <laughs> Maybe I, I can time it with the election. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. In November? Yeah, I'll, I'll like have be, the election and, you have like, and have that the inauguration at the beginning of the year. <laughs> January 1st. That'd be very funny. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. We'll I was thinking, you did that stability showdown on yeah. our like Instagram that I posted on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. We should definitely do some type of video series this off season of, I don't exactly know how, maybe it's just a TikTok series or Instagram series yeah. where we just take two discs and like we do a bracket. And we decide like the best mid range or fairway or whatever, and we just throw them next to each other. And we have people vote, and then have people vote, like watch them throw, give them the stats uh. of like how far it went and stuff like that. Imagine and say like ooh, which what mid if, wins. What if we don't name the discs? We just say mid range. Oh, it can't be biased. Yeah, it can't be biased because then like the winner might be yeah. like the hex, and then like people are like, oh, oh we got to try out the hex. Yeah. That's what we do. They just can't I, I, the we have our best ideas on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we'll what just have, we we'll have some point, some point in the next few weeks, we should put out a poll or like, or a survey or something and have people suggest which discs make like the top 16. And then we take the top 16 to a field yeah. and nameless throw them 
and like oh, it would be we'll see what happens. So funny if like all the buzz throwers were so confident they knew which one we were throwing that was a buzz because we can wipe all the stamps. Yeah, and then they yeah we should wipe they, the stamps and if it's a if it's a axiom or MVP disc we try to get it where the rim matches the center. Yeah, yeah. and they just like find out after the whole time that the one they thought was a buzz was like a Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh, I know this is we great. are we are way off of what the preview show is supposed to be, but I have another idea. Nah, people love it. Uh, Trevor, keep going. <laughs> I think that I now like your idea of doing an election with your putters, but I think that you should assign each of us in the office with a putter that you're thinking about, so you can debate and let us be <laughs> the the representative for that putter. So like that's we funny. can also oh, do we like have a to go video. live and debate it. Yeah, and then we literally will like step up and have like a persona and just have the disc like taped to our chest <laughs> and like be and like be that disc and like debate for that disc. Okay, I love debate that for idea. the disc and then um, then in the live stream we have the link for people to go vote immediately after the live stream. Oh my over. gosh! Okay. Well, oh, this is man, great. This is this off season is going to be fire. <laughs> off season's looking looking big right now. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. All right. Well, if you uh, if you're excited for Des Moines now, um, coverage starts tomorrow. You can catch it live on the Disc Golf Network, and then obviously Joe Mez, Gatekeeper, GK Pro, your typical uh, channels will have the post produced the next man. day. Should be a fun event, and um, yeah, we'll talk. We'll break it all down on Monday when we're back in the studio. Good news. See you then.